I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right, today we are going all international. Our first international guest, we have Curran Trahan. Did I get that right? That's it, not Karen. From, from, from beautiful Bahrain. Um, he owns a, a, a company uh, that does baby essentials. In fact, that's the name of your company, isn't it? Baby, baby Essentials Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a success coach and just all around cool guy. Thanks for, thanks for being on. Um, you know, I've been, I've been all over the Middle East, I've, uh, but I've never been to Bahrain. And looking at your Instagram, it looks like I'm really missing out because it really looks like a cool place. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Well, first of all, thanks so much for, for having mm -hmm. me on. It's an absolute uh, pleasure uh, to be speaking with you. And um, no, Bahrain is, is, uh, is such a cool little island. It's sandwiched between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And if, it's, if you're going to be going to the Middle East, you know, to be honest with you, Dubai is still awesome. It's the place to be. And I think you've been there, right, Jeff? And, many um, times, many times. Dubai is, Dubai is wicked. Bahrain just offers something a little bit more tranquil it's nice for families and it's uh it's a you know a great great way of living um so it's just nice it's a very small island but it's uh, quite densely populated about a million and a half people oh wow uh, i'd say 40 miles by about 60 miles so it's actually quite small um yeah so if you're looking at it on the map you probably won't find it but it's uh <laughs> been very sort of heavily uh, it's got heavily um a lot of rather large oil reserves and uh is saudi arabia's little brother as they call it but it's it's a place where there's plentiful bars um nightclubs and it's uh, very much an open place and it was actually the financial capital of the middle east before dubai took over maybe about 15 years ago so all the major banks law firms uh they were all set they set up in bahrain and because it was the most liberal uh, it's just Dubai took it to another level on their quest to become one of the greatest cities in the world. You know, I, I used to think Dubai, you know, was kind of like the Las Vegas of the Middle East. Yeah. Because kind of it, it looked like kind of any anything went and the whole place is just kind of made out of money. And yeah. and and somebody somebody asked me one time what it was like. And I said, I said, if, if you could imagine what putting unlimited imagination with unlimited funds look like that's Dubai. That's the, the, the architecture, everything is just insane. And it changes every time I go. Oh yeah. The roads change every time six to eight lane highways, and then they'll just move it across and they'll build 
canal systems and new buildings. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what they're doing there. Amazing leadership. Um, they're really just reinvesting back into the country. They're still, still tax-free in terms of, I mean, this region is tax-free, but it's unbelievable how modern a city is and it's, uh, it's tax-free. But they get those taxes in other ways, don't they? Don't they like tax a house pretty heavy when you buy it or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. You know, yeah they're so going to they're gonna get something. Of course. So the indirect taxes, your electric bills are, are pretty, pretty hefty. Um, and then if you want to set up a company, there are those kind of uh, charges and taxes. But it doesn't amount to what, you know, your, what sort of Uncle Sam is taking off for most people in the States. So... I think oh, that's yeah. one of the big draws for, for people, you know, setting up. So uh, it's good. And that, oh, oh God, the, the airport that now does, ba does Bahrain have a national airline like Qatar or, or, uh, or, 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 yeah. or em Emirates or, or. It's called the Gulf Air and Gulf Air used to be the region's airline. Okay. And so you can just see how far the other, countries have taken their airlines. So Qatar came after, Emirates, Etihad. So in the UAE, you've got Etihad, which is part of Abu Dhabi, and right. Emirates, which is Dubai. And it's crazy. They've got two amazing airline brands in one in one country. So, uh, but yeah, Gulf Air is our national carrier, but they don't fly that many places. But it used to be the region's carrier. So even flying out of Dubai, it used to be Gulf Air. Um, it, just got, it just got dwarfed, unfortunately. So the, I found this very funny. The first time I ever flew to Dubai, I flew out of JFK and, and Emirates and, and Etihad had gates right next to each other. And the, um, they were getting ready to, to board the, the Etihad flight. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. I have never seen so many people in wheelchairs in my life. There must have been a hundred people sitting in wow. wheelchairs. Most of them were Indian. Wow. And, I, and I'm like, how the hell could there be that many? Because, you know, I live in Florida. Every time I fly back home to Florida, you know, there's at least four or five wheelchairs getting on here because, you know, we're full of old people. But yeah. how could be, there be that many? And so my son-in-law, who's an anesthesiologist here, he's from India. He told me that that's actually pretty common practice because a lot of them can't speak English. They don't know where to go. So it's just easier for them just to sit in the damn wheelchair and let people roll them around. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I, it's funny you say that because the, the, the ironic thing is there are no, I mean, there are no even disabled parking spots here. So if you if you were to park anywhere, there's no like you know by the by the mall or uh, shopping centres or anywhere high streets. There's no actual dedicated to save. So we don't. I don't see anyone in wheelchairs on a day to day basis, even in the Emirates. So I guess it's just like you said, it's just a nice you know semi limo service to. Well, from what I gathered in, and I don't know, if, I don't know if your country's the same way, but kind of from what I gathered when I went to the UAE. They really kind of discourage older people from coming there. They really don't want them. They want the younger people to, to basically, you know, make the money, spend the money, and then get out and then make room for the next ones coming through. Yeah. Am I right about that? I mean, possibly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, 
I've seen I've seen it's more catered for the younger crowd. I mean, yeah. for how how it's all sort of set up. Um, what you'll find is with the Emirates, especially also the Middle East, it's a massive transition point to to Asia, India, other places. So what the what the plan is, people who are transitioning or transiting, they want them to stay, maybe the older generation, and even younger, to stay for two, three days in Dubai yeah. or going off to other places. But but yeah, it's definitely more of a younger way of how everything is is made. And even like that example of disabled parking, I've not, I haven't seen any spots where there's disabled parking, but when I travel to the US or the UK, it's it's always- uh, They're you know, everywhere. Parking. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not- and I don't see anyone in wheelchairs either. If you go to the mall, I can't remember the last time I saw someone in a wheelchair, even wow. even here. So it's it's it is bizarre. It's funny because my mother's down here visiting, and we have a handicap sticker for her to to park in a handicap spot. But in Florida, that's useless because they're all handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> that blue sticker, right? Is that yeah, the little the little blue sticker. And, wow. you know, my, my dad died seven years ago and someone asked, my mother's 82, 82 years old and someone asked her, was she going to be looking for a new husband? And she says, at my stage in the game, men are like parking lots. All the good ones are taken and the rest <laughs> of the only ones left are handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nuts, isn't it? It's like, even, you, you even see it there in the golf, on the golf clubs, right? There's golf, so many golf clubs in Florida and, Oh yeah, um, and even then, is there's the the blue stick is all right at the front, and then these guys, everyone just sort of jumps out, and then they start playing golf, and and I'm like, where, where, where is the where is this handicap coming from? And yeah, it's, yeah, uh, they're everywhere. So how did you end up in Bahrain? So it was um, it was a because you're not originally ago. from there, are you? No, I I was uh, born in London, so Indian heritage, and born in London, and lived in the UK uh, for 24 years and okay. um, worked there, went to university there, schooling, everything. And in 2009, I, uh, I got an offer to, uh, to come out, set up a legal division uh, for a company on recruitment, uh, like headhunting for a major company out here. And so, so, yeah, that's what I said, you know what, why not? Give it a shot. I was 24 at the time. I'd just broken up with my girlfriend and I said, I literally got a call the very next day saying, hey, do, what do you think of tax-free Bahrain? And uh, I said, well, yeah, let's have this meeting. Why not? And, um, and yeah, the next thing, led, one thing led to another. Within two months, I was, I was out here. And, um, you know. You don't have to worry about running into the X in Bahrain either. No, so no. It made the whole breakup crazy. transition a hell of a lot easier, right? It was crazy. The way it just happened is one day, literally broke up the very next day, had a call. It was like, wow, that was that was crazy. But, you know, it was one of those things that I was always, I was traveling a lot anyway. And it was, I think, in the subconscious that I wanted to, um, I love London, England. I was working in the city. There's a lot of great benefits of working there. And it's nice. But taxes and the way sometimes the system is set up, I was like, oh, I want to try something different. I want to be somewhere warm. As you know, London is um, quite miserable, raining. Um, you get a few months, which is nice weather. So I said, no, I want to try something different. And uh, if it's not for me, why not? But, but yeah, and it was, I, I, I came here when I was 24. And 
no regrets whatsoever. Probably my biggest regret, I wish I'd left earlier, if I'm being honest, but uh, now nah, it's fantastic. It's a great lifestyle. You know, it's totally different to the UK. And, and what, what made that transition was you got the call and you took action and you went. That's it. And did you get any kind of resistance from your family to, to leave and go? There was a lot of questions, a lot of like friends, a lot of people who I've been working with, they said, what ifs, oh, you know, because they conveyed their own worries, but on myself. And um, so there was, a, there was a resistance in the sense that, oh, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're letting your in, yourself in for? You've never sort of been there. You've never worked in, in a, you know, in a different, in the Middle East as well. So, but I was like, you know, that's, why not give it a shot? I've got nothing to lose. And um, it's just about taking action, like you said, and just give it, try it. What's the worst that can happen? If you, if you keep your current situation, you can either keep yourself in your current situation. And that's what I found, you know, is you, you end up doing the same repeated things with the same people. And I was like, I need to move. I need to move and expand, you know. Yeah, because if, if you don't change your circle up every now and then, you're you're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to no. keep going round and round in the same circle. Absolutely. And you know, one of the one of the things because because I know London, I've been to London many many times. I know several people that live there. It's a great city culturally and all that, but it's insane expensive, as you well know. Yes, uh, I, I really just don't know how a lot of people make it. I, I really don't, but the one, di the one big difference, um, I guess from people in the UK and the people here in the U S people in the UK, I would say that probably a much larger percentage of the people there travel abroad than they do here. Most of the, most of the people here, I, I'd say would probably never leave the country ever sure. because sure. You know, it's a big country and it's lots, lots to see. But the problem with that, though, here, if if I were if I were to tell my family back when I was 24 years old that I was going to Bahrain and, you know, the first things they would say was, why would you go? You're going to get your your hand chopped off, your head chopped off. You know, you know if you marry somebody, they're going to wear a burqa. They're going to do all this stuff. Yeah. You know, they're, they're bombing and they're blowing up buildings and whatnot. And, and the thing is. They've never been to Bahrain, but the only the only way that they can base their opinion of that is the bullshit that they've heard on the news or the bullshit that they've they've heard on all these different narratives and whatnot. And you know, I think travel is is the best educator or one of the best educators you could possibly have because it shatters all these notions that people have that yeah. most of the most of the things that they hear about other people in other places, once they experience that for themselves, it's just not true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a, it's, yeah, a it's just not true. And once, well, when I came out here, what happened was I encouraged a lot of people who I knew, friends, family, to fly out. And um, once they came out here, they said, oh my God, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's just like the, the kindness of people out here is, is crazy. There's no crime, Jeff. You leave your car open on the street. There's no yeah. crime. And when a society is built like that, you have more often than not good people, kind, generous, it, and it fosters an amazing uh, society. It's unbelievable. Um, the, the, the way things were, technology, 
it was way ahead of its time. Just people didn't know. But again, it's just it's very subjective news channels. Until recently, I was speaking to someone um, in the States and they, they didn't know that in the Middle East there is no there's no um, income tax. They, they weren't aware of that. And it's because the news don't report those things. They report the negative side of things. So mm-hmm. they report that. People might say, oh, I might try that out. I might see what that could be about. Um, I'm intrigued. But, um, but that unfortunately doesn't happen and becomes subjective. But I, I would absolutely say that travel is a huge, huge thing. Once I saw that and people started coming up, there are people who have now moved out and li- are living out here in Dubai. It's, it's unbelievable. Really? Yeah, and in Bahrain as well, because it's it's a different way of life. You're not you're not commuting um, like a London compared to it's like a New York. So it's I guess it's a bit like Florida. You drive up, you've got you've got help if you've got young kids, um, cooks, nannies. Um, sure. You have access to all that. Sun is sunny every day. The you know if you on the weekend you're down at the beach, and it's it's a wonderful lifestyle. You know, so it's it's fantastic. I know. I remember the first time I ever went to Dubai. I was looking out the window. It was the sun was coming up, and I could see this massive city, and it looked like something from outer space. And the first thing that I said to myself was, "I've never been here before, but I know I'm going to want to come back." Yeah. I I know that. Yeah. And like I said, every time I go, it's just a, a totally, totally different, uh, totally different game. And, you know, and people here, people here will say, well, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, you know, these people get all upset. It's nothing but sand and, you know, a bunch of ugly desert. I drove one time from, uh, from Dubai to Oman. Okay. And, and yeah. went through a lot of desert. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's stunning. It, it's just, it's just absolutely beautiful, but you, you don't get that unless you're driving through it and experience it yourself. I mean, it's truly, you know, no picture or anything can capture how beautiful it really is. And, yeah. and that's the, the, that's why I say travel, uh, and the act of just doing anything doesn't have to be travel. It could, you know, anything is the best teacher because you're going to get the experience firsthand without all the all the craziness and, and all the untruths that you're going to hear from people that have never ex- experienced in the first place, nor will they ever have any intention of doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'd also just say that um, the humility of people here as well is unbelievable. I went to, I still recall the story um, a few years ago, I went over to Saudi, I had some meetings. I went to a bank, one of the major banks in Saudi Arabia. I went and met their president. I got into the into his office. It was like a, an oasis. There weren't plants coming out from everywhere, right? Green plants. It was, just, it was unbelievable. Had his own bathroom, his own liquor uh, cabinet. Unbelievable. Probably about 250 square meters. You know, fantastic. And we had a nice meeting, an hour. And a lot of it, how it works in the Middle East is you speak for 59 minutes about God knows what, right? About anything else other than work. And in the last minute, it's like, okay, we need this, this, this. Okay, yes, see it by handshake and off we go. Yeah. And we got to that stage and he said, where's your next meeting? So I said, I think it's the other side of town I've got there. He said, how are you getting there? I said, I've got to drive. He goes, no, 
I'm going to drive you there. I'm going to take us. You don't have to take me. You know, and this is the president of a major bank. Can you imagine going into um, you know, JP Morgan's bank in New York? And the, so, so he gets, he, I'm, by this point, I'm embarrassed because I'm like, you don't need to be doing it. So we get into his private elevator down to his garage, Bentley, and he drives me across town himself. He said, no, this is how we do hospitality here. I was just, you know, I couldn't believe wow. it. And I was, I was like, thank you, first of all, so much. It's so kind. But where do you get that in the rest of the world? I've never encountered that. You and, don't. You know, unless you've experienced that, you, you, can't, you can't tell others of how, you know, what, what it's really like. So it's just unbelievable. I'd never experienced anything like that. And, uh, and I just thought it was something really novel as well, you know. It was just, it was just lovely. And that's the type of people you can also do business with. And it makes it so much better that there's that humility side of it. It's like, you can get that appointment with, with someone very senior and it's not a, um, it's not as maybe difficult as it needs to be. Yeah. Well, tell me about your, your, your baby equipment business. Uh, I mean, I know they're having a lot of children in the, in the, in the Middle East and, and there's certainly a need for it. T tell me about that. So about uh, six, seven years ago, my wife uh, started, we went, we went to, well, she, we fell, she fell pregnant with our son, Kian. And um, so we were traveling to the States and just for a vacation, she has a lot of friends. She had a lot of friends who were pregnant at the same time with her who knew. She said to, she said to some friends, um, look, I'm heading out to the States. Do you guys need anything? And at the point, in 2015 time, there was hardly any of the major brands that you see in the US here yeah. in Ukraine. And they said, oh, can you get this? Can you get that? Anyway, so we went to the States. She just pulled out some stuff. We ended up coming back with 10 suitcases. And, and it was like, brought this back. And we displayed at the time, we didn't have a shop or anything. We were doing other things. So I had a pool table in my house and we just put all the products on the pool table and said, come and get what you want. And people were like, yeah, no, I'll pay you for it. And we sold everything in uh, two weeks. So wow. we, we spent, I think, about $5,000, sold a lot in two weeks. And it was just, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's a hobby, right? It's a side hustle. And, and we said, oh, let's, let's, let's do it again. Let's see if, if it would work. So we went back out to the States, went to Philadelphia, Delaware. This time I actually went and set up a company in Delaware. And, um, and we went to Philadelphia, bought some more stuff. And we got to the point where the hotel was rammed full of product, all these babies, baby gear and stuff. And I was going, I don't know, this ain't going to get on the plane. There is no way. We've got about, I don't know, the equivalent of like 30 boxes and big stuff. And so uh, we then had to figure out how to get it transported from there. We didn't have a company account at the time or anything. So we had to get FedEx and go through some back channels to get them to mm -hmm. export it out of the U.S., and so anyway, we bought the stuff, got it back here. Again, same thing happened, sold it within two, three weeks. And we realized that there was a business there. And uh, we, just, we just started, then we started to put things into place um, and get, get the network, get the suppliers going. And we just started to build it up. And within, I would say probably about 14 months, we'd established probably the largest independent baby store in the country. Wow. And um, we just we just went sort of, uh, you know, we just went on sort of full scaling uh, attack on it. And uh, we were still doing our own other things at the time. 
And uh, but we just, you know, it was just a really brilliant business because it's it's recession proof to a degree. Uh, people are always going to have babies, so they and that market is getting more sort of expensive. I, I don't know if when I was born, I think you may have had a pushchair or a pram and a car seat, something very, you know, only two, three different things. But yeah. now there are so many different things that you can have for, for the baby industry. So, um, so yeah, we established links with Bye Bye Baby in the States as well. Um, we started bringing in award-winning brands, uh, built up the team. We got into uh, what is like the premier mall in, in Bahrain. So we had a great spot. And so, uh, yeah, and then it was our online. And so we then got a warehouse everything sort of started to develop from there. And it was a whole new industry, but it was a very nice industry because you had customers who would come, they would pay, and they would be very grateful for the product. So yeah. it was not to, you know, we, we had other businesses which are service-based, and this was a product-based business, and uh, it was really good fun. And we, we're now very fortunate to say we sell uh, to the royal family, and we make about five deliveries a day to the palaces here uh, in Bahrain. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I know that market's ever changing too, because when my children started having children and all the stuff that they were buying, I went, wow. I didn't, I never saw any of this stuff before. That's it. Yeah. 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 I, I, mean, I mean, some of these car seats now look like they would survive an explosion. They're, they're <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, they've got they've got airbags and everything so now it's like proper airbags there's lights with it it's cup holders you know it's like wow i, I need one of these things <laughs> you know put, put, put your put your whiskey in that'd be amazing um no the, the the advancement in technology that's gone into baby products now and um you know it's and push chairs are now going up to sort of two thousand dollars and people want that. It's unbelievable. Two thousand, two thousand dollars. Car seats. We sell a, a car seat, uh, sort of a three-piece car seat. That's eighteen hundred dollars. It's one of the best wow. in the whole. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That is it's unbelievable. Wow. I mean, sometimes they want two, right? Because the two cars or three cars, and so that's where house has been a huge explosion in the. In that, and we just caught the curve at the right time. There was a lot of luck. Well, we tried it, you know. Now, it was, is there any kind of secondary market to that? Because you know, a lot of people buy these car seats, and the kids outgrow them. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, um, there is. It's just not very well. Uh, that's something we're actually looking to do. We're getting the team to sort of look into that and having sort of a, a secondary online market. Yeah, like like a scratch and like a scratch and dent car seat store. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. like on strollers, right? I mean, yeah, the yeah. Like he's that. only thrown up in it like four times. It's all good. <laughs> twenty dollars off. There you go. Yeah, twenty dollars <laughs> off. <laughs> he's only thrown up in it three times. I'll let you have it for fifteen hundred. <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh man it is yeah it's it's crazy i mean that's it's a very good point you said that there's definitely a market for that there is a site there are a couple of sites that sell it but what we're trying to do is um we're seeing a lot of the second hand market as it were 
So we want to develop something on our own and um, yeah, and even have it in a nice place where people can come and view it as well. So I need, I want to ask you this because, um, you know, you know, here, here in the States, most of the people I talk to are just angry or pissed off about something. And most of the stuff they're angry and pissed off about is stuff that at the end of the day really doesn't have anything to do with them right. or, or they have no control over it whatsoever. And I well, think a lot they, of they generally, what are they angry about? generally is it politics or is it the economy oh, it's it's mostly politics it's it's yeah. it's mostly politics and uh you know i always said that if blaming was an olympic sport america would win the gold medal every year because <laughs> it's it's so damn easy to do right it, but if you if you watch if you watch the news here uh i, I would have to say 90 percent of it is negative Yes. And, and if you're, if you're sitting there sucking all that content in constantly, like a lot of people do, then you're, you're kind of supposed to be pissed off at the world. If, if that's all you take in, it's like, it's like, if you eat McDonald's every day, you know, you're yeah. going to, you're going to have some negative effects from that. Sure. How is it in your part of the world, as far as the media goes and whatnot, do you, I would have to think just from the people that, that, that I've met in the Middle East and people that I know that live in Dubai and Abu Dhabi who aren't carrying all this, you know, unnecessary baggage around with them. How, yeah. how I, I would have to think that the news outlets there are not shoveling down all the negativity that they do here. Uh, am I right about that? You, you are right. You are right. It's, um, so a lot of the news I do read is from the States and from Europe. Um, but I don't, I don't really, I went through a period actually where I, I didn't even watch the news apart yeah. from financial news for, for probably the best part of a year and a half. Um, because I would see how it would try, it would make people just, you know, what we were talking about earlier, uh, it would go off tangent. They wouldn't be focusing on what they're doing. They'd start blaming, you know, very much like what you said. It's a big thing in the UK as well. Massive problem there where there's this blame. Sure. And, but what I found out out here in the Middle East, it's the news isn't as negative, which is one thing which is quite good. Um, and secondly, it's you've got to just, you know, get on with life. And yeah. you, you're in charge of your own destiny, ultimately. I mean, you can have, you know, I think everyone has, you know, whether it could be a good president, a bad president, um, you can make money in, under a good president or a bad president. It's just about knowing the rules of the game um, and not letting negative uh, outside emotion get to you because that really that really stops people in the, in progressing. And I would see it firsthand, Jeff. I would see it even people here. There were sometimes they would go too much talking about the news, what's going on. I mean, when COVID, they would talk about that for days. I'd say, guys, come on, you focus on solutions. Focus on on you know bettering yourself educate yourself read books what are you talking about you can't change anything you want to be pissed off at a country what, what what's it going to do you're not going to you're not going to gain anything from it so um so that there was i would say the only negative side i saw with news out here was on on the covid, COVID. Uh, where it was just constant reporting but then wonderfully 
just stopped because once we started, Middle East were very tourism driven. And once they saw, even Dubai, that the more that they talk about it and report things that, you know, it would, it would actually have a negative effect on business, on the economy. Mm-hmm. And so they just said, right, let's just not report too much on this. And you know what? It just made everyone just carry on, like start up with life again. And it was, yeah. it was a great thing. And uh, it's, it's so impactful, the media um, in the West compared to over here. So, you know, where, where I had my, my aha moment about that was um, when the planes on 9-11 hit the, the Twin Towers. I, I watched it on television. Yeah. And I, I was glued to the TV. I was glued to the news for three days. I mean, I, I couldn't stop watching it. I'm listening to all this stuff. You know, I'm angry. I'm pissed off. And I walked, I walked to get my mail. And when I opened the mailbox, guess what was in there? Bills. There were obligations in there. I had an electric bill, had a telephone bill. Uh, I, I had you know, an insurance bill. I had all this stuff. And they didn't care what plane hit what. They wanted their money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, life goes on. It's bad that these things happen. But, but if, if all you're going to do is sit here and stay numb to this sort of thing, you know, it's only going to make your personal world worse. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so that was, that was my thing is like, yeah, um, I, I hate that this happened and it upsets me that it happened, but I, I can't sit here and feel this way because it's not going to be for good for me or my family or my business. I no. have to keep, I have to keep moving forward. And always remember that if it's in a bad situation like that, um, this time, this time shall soon pass. You know, it's, it's one of those mottos I've always said it's, um, nothing is as bad as it seems either. So when you think the world is crumbling around you, when you think that business is so bad or whatever, if you just take yourself away from it, go, it's not as bad as you think it can be. And when business is good as well, or life is good, it's never as good as it probably could be. So you can always strive for more. So it's just a, it's a way just to keep self grounded and, and humble. And life does move on, right? I mean, if you look throughout, oh, yeah. through history, World War II, you look back through Vietnam War, you look back through the 1929 crash as well. And, and people thought there was never going to be anything beyond that. And within a few years, you had the roaring 50s, right, after World War II and, and a whole new system. So I'm a huge believer in, um, you know, whatever negative is out there, whatever bad things are happening, wherever it may be, it's all temporary. It's it's all going to pass. Yeah, no, um, no problem lasts forever. None no. does. because. No. I have heard ever since, you know, I was a kid in the, in the early seventies, I always heard people talk about, you know, the world's going to end soon. The, the country's going to end soon. You know, you know, the world's yeah. going to blow up and, you know, and, and, you know, and here we are 50 years later <laughs> and none of that <laughs> shit's happened. No, exactly. None of it's happened. Uh, no exactly and it's um yeah exactly it's it's going to be it's it's fine it's just it's what people condition themselves to doing and i think what you're doing is amazing by trying to just highlight that to say stop stop putting your energy and focus into the bullshit that 
yeah. uh, doesn't really affect you. It doesn't matter if one person wore a mask here or there. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Just carry on with your life and focus on yourself and your energy. And yep. you'll, you'll achieve happiness, you know, rather than looking outside all the time. You know, some, sometimes you, you just have to change your perspective. About four years ago, my wife and I went to New Zealand and we took, we got on a helicopter on the South Island and we flew up to the top of the Fox Glacier. And wow. we, it's really cool. We, they, we put on these ice spikes and we're walking around. We're supposed to be there for three hours. The okay. storm comes in, the helicopter couldn't come and pick us up. We were on that glacier for 37 hours to sleep on it. Now, the people we were with up there, they keep provisions for that sort of thing. So, you know, they had tents, sleeping bags, they had emergency rations and whatnot. And a lot of the people in the group were just freaking out. We're going to die. We're going to die. I'm like, no, the weather's going to clear up. They're going to come pick us up tomorrow. You know, this isn't going to last forever. I said, but think about this. How cool is it that you get to, 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 to sleep on a glacier? How many people do you know that have slept on a glacier? Other yeah. than me and you guys, I personally don't know anyone that has. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just so the mindset. It's the mindset. I, and what was funny, when the, when the chopper came and picked us up, the, the pilot was laughing, saying, people pay $25,000 to come up here and sleep on this, this glacier and, and you guys got to do it for free. <laughs> fantastic. That is fantastic. Wow. Was it, how, how was the experience then on that glacier? It was, it was kind of crazy because you, you, uh, after dark, you know, it's deathly quiet and you could hear these waterfalls okay. and, and, you know, you can hear the ice cracking. And of course, you know, there's nothing, you know, there, I mean, this, this glacier is enormous. So we weren't, in, you know, you couldn't feel anything, nothing, but it's just indescribable sounds that I've never heard before that were a little bit haunting to hear, but I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be over soon. And, and oddly enough, you know what most people were most upset about? Their batteries were dying in their phones and they couldn't take pictures. That was, that was the biggest thing a lot of them was, was complaining about. It's madness, isn't it? What do you think? <laughs> you know, another, another lesson that I took. They couldn't, get on the Instagram, they couldn't get on Instagram while they were up there. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Another lesson that I took from that, though. There is a surprisingly thin line. It doesn't take much to turn just a, 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 a decent human being into an animal. It doesn't take very much. And I think a lot of us here in the States kind of witnessed that a couple of years ago because people were just going insane really over nothing. You know, they were, there, there were people shooting each other over toilet paper here, if you can believe that. But you know how people, a lot of people are germaphobic and they don't want to, you know, drink after anyone. Well, when they found out that we were going to be staying on the glacier overnight, the guy takes this big ax and he chops off this big chunk of ice and they had a propane stove there. So he put it in, he put it in a pot and boiled it to melt it and had boiling water. 
So he poured Tang. I haven't drank Tang since I was seven years old. So we're drinking hot Tang on, on the glacier. There were 20 of us up there, but there were only like seven cups. Right. So, you know, you dip the Tang out, you drink it, you hand the cup to the neck, to the, the person that you never met in your life behind you. Now, normally they wouldn't do that. But I was sitting there thinking a dog could have licked all over that cup and they would have drank out of it. It wouldn't have mattered. They, yeah. they just, you know, it's just that, that necessity. And, and, and people were like starting to grab the food and like hide it, afraid that someone else was going to get it. It was crazy. It was crazy. And it, and it, it happened at just the instant that they knew that they weren't going back that day, but they knew where they were going to, they were going to go back sometime. Wow, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, there was this woman screaming, "We're lost!" I said, "No, we're not lost. We're here." Yeah, you know, it's just like I met you in Las Vegas. So someone was telling me, uh, telling me that he had gone to gone to Las Vegas and and he lost a hundred grand. I said, "You didn't lose a hundred grand. You know where it is. It's in Vegas. You didn't yeah. you didn't lose it. <laughs> That's true. It's there, and it's staying there." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah you know it's where just, it is you know exactly where it is yeah it's not <laughs> lost that's true that's true i mean you what, just don't what, own it anymore what what gave you that sort of calmness in that situation was it experience would you say in life that you just went no it's going to be good and yeah what what made you just know it was going to be okay so Many years ago, I had a uh, I, I had a really really bad health condition. I was in a hospital, and I, I I thought I was gonna die. And the doctor, this the worst pain imaginable. The doctor was putting these needles between my ribs in my back to drain fluid off. It hurt so bad. I actually got up and took a swing at the doctor. I tried to hit him. He grabs my arms, literally like pins me down like, like a wrestler. And he says, chill out, kid. You're already dead. I went, Ooh. So he comes to see me the next day to see how I'm doing. I'm like, why the hell would you say that to me? He says, because you need to live every day as if it were your last, you need to live every day. Like you are going to die tomorrow. Don't take any moment for granted anything for granted yeah. that way that way when that day comes because one day will be your last day and he says i want you to die with no regrets whatsoever and you only do in that you can only do that by living like it is your last day and that has stuck with me um for 30 years wow as a matter of fact, uh, it's, it's something that I actually say to myself every day. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but I can be out here in the park. I can be walking my dog and I can have things on my mind and I will stop and just say, relax, you're already dead. And when I do that, those problems go away in my yeah. mind. And, you know, like birds, you didn't hear before all of a sudden you can hear them. It makes you very, very, very present you should try it. it it makes you insanely present to to what's what's happening at that moment 
wow that's yeah. unbelievable like sort of realization yeah so 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 i you know i got this gift from this doctor you know who i thought was an asshole and he really is but he he, <laughs> he gave me <laughs> he gave me this gift and i and i'm i've taken i've taken that through life that you know nothing lasts forever no problem lasts forever and you know you need to live as if that that's why i really try not to worry about anything you know one time i was worried about a lot of stuff yeah and you know it was it was really weighing me down so I took a legal pad and I wrote down everything that I was worried about. Okay. The next day I went back through it and I took a pen and I struck through all the things that either had nothing directly to do with me or things that I had no control over. And over 90% of that list went away. Mm. I started working on those remaining few items and my life got a million times better. That's uh that's great advice for anyone listening to this. Yeah. 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 We, we get so wrapped up into things that, 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 that at the end of the day, really don't have anything to do with us. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really don't. And, and, and that anger spending that energy inhibits us from getting better, from learning more to raising our value. Um, and I see it all the time. I, I had told you before, before we started the podcast, I had put this uh, video on TikTok, you know, saying, if you're pissed off about the price of gas, then instead of investing in that anger, invest in yourself. Absolutely. Because, because if you, if you invest in yourself, you increase your value, you increase your revenue, you increase the, the you, you increase everything. And the more money you make, the less gas really matters. And the high prices of gas are going to go away one day. They always do. But yes. all that knowledge and value that you have, have attained, it's not going to go down. It's, it's going to stay there if not get, not get higher. So you're even in a better position. And, um, and it was funny because a lot of the comments that I got on it was like, you know, you know, it's the administration's fault. You know, we need to vote this. We need to vote that. And if you live in America, if you live pretty much in any Western country, if your life is dependent on a politician, you're fucked. Completely. You're totally <laughs> fucked because you're talking about the game. The, the, the game cannot be changed. It's impossible. The game can't be changed. They can change a few rules in the game. That's okay. You just play by those rules. Yeah. But the game remains the same. The game never stops. And, and, and if you think of any politician, I don't care who it is, can take the game away, that's not happening. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. And that's exactly what we were talking about off uh, just before the podcast as well. It's, um, and I've seen that as well, just looking at people in the news. Uh, in the states, and they're talking. I mean, the headlines are price of gas. California's reaching it's over six, seven dollars now, yeah. and a lot of comments are coming through that. And people are talking and saying, "Oh, it was because this tanker was blocked." And this. so they're going into massive research and depth. And I, I find that amazing because I'm saying, "What exactly what you said? If you spent that energy instead of worrying about it, to creating value, to earning the the money, and also putting those." Things that start a side hustle 
work you know a little bit more in your job work smarter work differently you'll find that it will become insignificant in the in the grand scheme because you're talking dollars at the end of the day it's probably when you think about it it's a price it's a price of a couple of beers in a week but but it's just people focus on the wrong thing rather than you know what can make it better and um and i think that's inherent throughout the globe though jeff i think it's um i've seen that you know almost every country i've been to uh people focus on because it's just people want to get with others and have that you know we we're talking about pain they they want to they want to share this pain with others um rather than saying listen guys it's cool you know doesn't matter it is what it is we can't we can't change opec's oil situation or how the demand and supply uh, no. running. So let's just. Uh, you can't change what's going on in your world. Of course you can. Of course you can, you can. change what's going on in your world. It's yeah. like when when COVID started, I started doing all the Zoom calls with all the people that work with me. You know, I I told them, I said, this thing I really don't know much about it. I, I'm not an expert. It's amazing how many people are experts now, right? Yeah. I said I'm not an expert, and I never will be. Um, I said, but I, I, I can tell you, it's probably not going to kill you. Probably won't. Yeah. I said, but it is going to reveal you and it's going to reveal every person that, you know, boy, I was right about that. Yeah. And I said, and if you're worried about the economy in the world, <laughs> don't you worry about your economy. You do something about your economy. You know, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. What matters is who's running your house. Absolutely. And and I said, if you take care of your house, you take care of your personal world, your personal economy, you're going to be fine. 100%. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you a quick story about this. So after I met you in Vegas, I came back to Bahrain. I had to do a couple of trips. I went to Dubai. This was then over just before Christmas. So I get back on the 21st of December into Bahrain. I caught COVID. <laughs> it, I threw the airport, I had to do the thing, right? So now I had 10 days of isolation where I was, and first day or two, I wasn't feeling good, but I caught COVID and everyone's laughing at me because I was like, nah, it doesn't exist. And like, not it doesn't exist, but I'm just, you know, get on with life. And do you know what I did? Um, so a lot of my friends were saying, hey, watch this box set on Netflix. This is our, oh, you know, it's kind of, you can chill out, do this, watch the watch sport. Do you know what I did, Jeff? I worked 18 hours a day and I created two new businesses in 10 days. Wow. Because I had nothing else like to do. Wow. I put off, I put off Netflix. Obviously, I wasn't going to watch that. And I just, I probably even did more than 80. I'm probably being generous, but I, I just nonstop, I just created, 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 I was still working on the businesses I was doing. I said, I'm using these 10 days. You know what I felt? I'm not getting Christmas with my kids. So I felt really pissed off about it. But I said, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to have the most amazing time come January, right? And what else am I going to do? I can feel sorry for myself. I can relax a little bit because people say you need to relax. So you can get better. You know what I've got? I've got a treadmill right next to me as well. So after about day three, I started getting on the treadmill. First time I've used it in a long time. I, must have, I used it as a coat hanger, otherwise. Clothes most, most people do. Right? <laughs> I throw my clothes on it before going to bed at night. And this time I learned how to switch it on and get it going. And um, I, would, I would listen 
so when I was on that, I was listening to podcasts. And when I wasn't on that, I was sitting at my desk and I was just reading, creating, writing, strategizing on how to, how to set up businesses. And I was making phone calls like that didn't stop. I was doing zoom calls as well. So I came out of, I came out of that situation 10 days later with two companies set up. And, and then I, you know, and that was a point I said, I said to others as well, and, and even my kids, I said, you can achieve anything you want to, no matter how bad the situation can be or what people are meant to say, because there was a different version of what should have happened. I should have taken those 10 days off during Christmas to relax. But, you know, I said, no, I'm not going to blame. What's the point of just blaming a situation? Get on with it and do something, do something great. So See, that's what I, I think, I think things, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And had you not gotten sick and had to isolate yourself, there's probably a good chance these two businesses you created wouldn't exist now. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They probably wouldn't because you know you've got. I know you're a busy guy. You got all kinds of. What What else are you doing? So um, I'm doing. A, so we've got a recruitment company as well, and we recruit lawyers, bankers, sea uh, level positions throughout the Middle East. Uh, I've done a lot of work in the Far East as well. Um, so that's that started getting busier after COVID. And um, we've got a distribution company. So a few brands that we sell to other retailers across the Middle East. So that's uh, um, so that's small B2B and sort of a distribution. Um, we're doing stuff in the media as well. Uh, we're taking a share in a and that was what actually happened over that period, taking a share in a media company. Uh, so we took a 30% share to, you know, to get content out, to, to, uh, to start videoing, because there's, there's starting to become a big demand here in Bahrain as well for video content and creation. It's a um, social media company? Yeah, yeah, type of, yeah, t- t- like, a, like a social media company. And um, I get about a hundred DMs from those people a day, by the way. Yeah, no, no. So this is not, we're not, we're not just doing, cause you know what, it's actually a, it's a, it's a headache. That's a headache kind of company. Uh, what I actually did was I went into it because I wanted to use it for my own companies, to be honest with you. And it's just the, the, um, the, what do you call it? The excess could just help some of my close networks uh, to help their companies. So. So I started to, to do a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, otherwise that's a nightmare of a, of a business actually. If, if you get involved in it, it's very low money for a lot of headache, you know? So that's not something we're involved in too much. Well, you guys are doing a great job because I, 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 I follow you on Instagram and all, all your posts look great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'm assuming that's your team. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. You're, 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 yeah. All, all your posts look great. Very high quality and all that, and you know, it, all the, all the graphics and all. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Great Trying. job. Trying. And everybody listening should, should, should follow him on Instagram. What, what is your Instagram handle? So it's official current Trahan and um, oh, current. I should know this, you know. It's uh, yes, yeah, official current Trahan. And um, I'm on Instagram, uh, starting to get a little bit on TikTok as well. So yeah, going to be current Trahan official 
Uh, so I should have known that. Joke. All right, we'll we'll tag it. We'll 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 tag your handle. We'll tag your handle. But people are going to want to follow you because you you have really good solid advice that you do. And uh, and again, you you've uh, you've really upped the game in your social media by the the quality of the of the posts that you do. They look better than mine. Maybe maybe I should be a client of yours. <laughs> I love I love your style. You're, you've got a wonderful uh, your wonderful style. It's like you're on the go, and you, you've got a great a great play with words as well, which is very poignant, and I love it. So um, no, no, what you're what you're doing is is phenomenal, and you've you've had severe growth as well. I've seen that. So massive yeah. that. It's awesome. To you see. know, one of the one of the things that that I really uh, I really encourage people to do because um, I, I think one of the one of the biggest hindrances a lot of people have is their lack of self worth, and and a lot of that is from caring about what other people think or or what they're what they're going to say. And I'm like, you know, don't care about what other people think. They're not even thinking about you in the first place. That's right. They got their own shit to worry about. They're thinking this. They're caring about what someone else is thanks that changed my life jeff when when i started to not worry what others think because i, oh. I was one of those who did i was i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say that i i've never been like that i i did worry about it and i think it would disappoint i let other people's opinion decide yeah how i would do things or who i was going to become and there was just one day honestly i just woke up and it could have been i don't know a year year and a half ago and I just said, I'm just going to do what I want. And I don't care. And you know what? It was the most liberating feeling. Do you feel like that way? You don't care what you wear. You don't care what you do. You're not trying to do anything to impress anyone else. And you're just doing it for yourself and to do better at yourself. You know, it's, there's a wonderful feeling in, in that. It is. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, I, I, uh, I, I mean, what one of the examples is, um, I mean, I haven't even, I'm saying it now on the podcast, just purely as an example for it. But a few months ago, I bought a, I bought a Ferrari and it was my first, my first sort of supercar that I got. And, um, you know, it was really weird. I didn't, even, I didn't even have the need to post it on social media because I just didn't feel the need to. And it was, and, and if I did, I knew I was doing it for, I, I bought the car purely for myself, for my own enjoyment and for, for yeah, my life. I love that. Right. And we have, we have great fun with it. Um, and I sometimes forget I even own it. I'm being honest with you because, but it's <laughs> that I did it for myself and I, and I don't tell people. The only reason is I'm telling you now on this podcast is because I'm so comfortable with not caring what other people think that I need to validate myself. So I just do what I need to do. You know, what's interesting about, about having the Ferrari, congratulations, by the way, Thank you uh, on that. Um, you, you, you would never find, um, you know, we're talking about haters and whatnot. Like, like I, I have a turbo S Porsche that I drive. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, my next door neighbor has a McLaren that costs twice as much as mine. He's never hated on my car. I know lots of Ferrari owners that never hate on it. I never hate on theirs, but I fill it up with gas and I see people in Toyota Priuses that are hating on me all the time. Yeah. And, and that's where the haters are. And, and that's, 
that really is, is good about a good thing to remember if not caring about what other people think. Most of the, most of the negative that you're, that, that you're thinking is happening is coming from people that are below the level where you are. The people that are at the level that you are or above it, none of those are going to hate on you. No, they're not. No, none of them are. And, but and one of the- They might encourage you to like push you to- They do. To, right? And, and, and that's the beauty of it. And the I, reason I, why is because they were where you are at some point. Correct. So they understand more than anyone. You know, every-, every you know, every, I, I live in a, I live in a gated community with a bunch of rich people and, uh, you know, most of them are pretty cool, but the thing is a lot of them are, are outcast from their families. Yeah. If you see their, you see the rest of their family, they're nothing at the level that they are. And they all talk about the same thing. There's so much resentment from brothers, sisters, aunt, uncles, cousins, and whatnot. And the the reason why that is they're upset that they didn't have the balls to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. Like, like these other people did, but one of the, one of the best, what best practices that I have found to get people to stop caring about what other people think, you know, how terrifying it is for 95% of people to get on their phone, push Facebook live and just sit there and talk. They can't do it. No, they're terrified of it. And, and I tell them, if you start doing videos, you could talk about the weather. You could talk about what you had for lunch. It doesn't matter. You don't have to leave anything profound. Just talk and post it and not worry about what other, other people think. It's one of the best ways you can overcome that because because sooner when I started doing it and I thought that, you know, I, I, you know, I thought the videos were bad and I thought I was saying stupid stuff. And a lot of it was stupid stuff that I was saying, but I started getting feedback from them, from people. I, I had people saying, Hey, I really like the stuff that you're putting out. I'm getting a lot out of it. Hey, I really like this. Uh, this little idea helped me close a sale last week. That's amazing. And then and the, the, fun, the funny thing about that though, I've had people saying, I, I look forward to your videos every day. I, I learned this. I learned that. And I'm like, wow, that's the, well, thanks for that. But I, I didn't know, I didn't know you watch them. You never like or comment on any of them. They said, no, nah, I don't do that. I don't want anyone to think any of that applies to me. Wow. So they're worried about what other people think. Even by leaving a comment or like. By, a, by not leaving a comment. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And look, some of your comments are great though. I have seen people just say, this is awesome. You get some really great comments as well. So you're, you're you know, you're putting out the right message in, you're giving, I think that's what it is. You've once you've gone to the other side and you once you realize you don't care what other people think, you want it doesn't it become something very to your heart? You want others to have that same feeling because there is freedom involved in this, isn't there? Like the minute you don't care what someone thinks about you, what you're wearing, what you're driving, who where, where you live, you don't care about any of that. Um, it's so liberating and freedom you can actually expend your energy onto creating 
doing great things, doing the stuff that you want yeah. to do, rather than than uh, you know trying to get that perfect picture, that perfect pose. You know, it's it just it's so tiring actually to try and to do that. So it's kind of cool, and um, you know, I think that's that's one of the wonderful things I'm trying to impart on my kids actually now. I'm trying to just say to them, don't worry about it, and getting them in front of camera a little bit. I've got a six year old who's who's yeah. really loving, he's got his own YouTube channel. He's got, um, he's doing Instagram now um, and he's getting involved into like business as well. So he's, he's getting out there and getting him talking to people. He's getting on videos. And, um, and I feel that, you know, this is going to be so great for him as well to, to just show it doesn't matter what people think. I mean, it may all change, but it's, it's just a nice feeling to have. There's a Ferrari dealership, probably about 10 minutes from my, from my house. And I know a couple of guys that work over there and sometimes I'll, I go over there and, you know, talk and, you know, if they, if they get a new model in, they'll call me up and I'll come and look at it. Nice. But you know, all the guys that come in there, all the people that you see coming in there that are getting their, their cars worked on or, or they're looking at cars. I mean, if, if, if they weren't looking, if they weren't standing in a Ferrari dealership, 90% of these guys would look like they were homeless. <laughs> I can imagine it as well. I could, it's over here. You know, what, what was really funny one time, one time I went to the Porsche dealer and I was wearing a, you know, ratty t-shirt and shorts. And I took my mother with me over there and uh, they, they kept the car for a few hours. So we just hung around and there were, five or six other guys around that were actually dressed worse than I was that were standing <laughs> around with <laughs> and my mother, we get the car and my, we're, we get the car. My mother looks at me and says, it costs a lot of money. If the dress is bad as you and those other guys. do." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? <laughs> Like rags and, and the, they just expect it out, so it's good. Um, but there's something something but quite freeing about that, isn't it? Just you can just yes. want to be. You don't spend your time on a wardrobe. Now I, you know, as, as I was growing up, when I think it was Zuckerberg said he has, I think it's the same T-shirt he wears, and same as like Ricky Gervais. They just have the same one clothing, so you don't have to think in the morning. You don't expend brain power on what you're going to wear. And I was like, I got involved. I was like, oh, that's, in, that's interesting. And, um, and and I can see, and that now I kind of like operate a little bit to that degree where I just don't, don't overthink the small things, what other people would spend a lot of brain power on and a lot of time worrying. And, you know, I just, I just go into different, uh, use that to, to do yeah. different things. With. I, I actually, I made a video on this not long ago, but uh... I think the 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 longer you stand in your stand in your closet trying to pick out what you're going to wear that day indicates the more you care about what other people think. That's true. And it takes me about two or three seconds to pick it out. It's just yeah, grab it, grab it, and go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a friend. I have a friend of mine in California who's very billionaire, who I have never seen him wearing anything differently than what I see him wearing. It, it, he, he wears jeans, Gucci loafers, a white shirt and a black blazer. I have, and I've known him for 25 years. 
I have never seen him wear anything other than that. Wow. And he, he, he said, that's all I have because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to pick anything out. All of his socks are the same. You know, he doesn't want to have to pick socks. Every, everything is the same. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not a bad way to go. It's, it's a great way to go is, and I think the only thing where I, I spend a little bit of time in the closet is if I've, um, if I had a heavy weekend on, on uh, food or, or drink or something, and then I go, oh no, where, where's a bigger t-shirt, you know, or a bigger shirt. But that, that's the only time I have so to. Have how to expensive is it the drink in Bahrain? Cause I know in Dubai, it's really expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. I mean, look, I, I don't think it's getting much. I think the States is catching up, you know, Miami, uh, even Orlando, certain places. So in terms of dollars, I mean, to give you an example, like last night I went out to a bar to watch the football and it was about $10 for a shot. Uh, so, so like a gin or a vodka, $10, a, a beer, about the same actually, $10. $10. Um, $10 drink. In, in Dubai though, at the nice hotels, nice places, you pay easily, easily for a, a large shot or a large drink, about $25 to $30 for a, for a drink. We, um, the last time I was in Dubai, which two years ago, we, we stayed at the Park Hyatt, which okay. I don't know if you've ever stayed there or not. I'm it, 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 that's the most insane swimming pool I've ever seen. And so my wife and I, we, we, got, a, we, we got a cabana for the day and there, and there was nobody there because it was, we were there during Ramadan. Oh, okay. Right. We were there during, during Ramadan. So there weren't many people there and a virgin pina colada at the hotel was like $15. Yeah. It was an extra $40 if they poured the rum in it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's got better. I must admit that it has got slightly better, but it's, um, it is insane for, for, for alcohol. But uh, I, I hit the duty free every time I go to the airport. Yeah. 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 You have to, you have to, you have to, I mean, if you want, if you want a bottle when you're outside or like a, even champagne and stuff, it's so, it's so expensive. Cause that's where they, they really sort of tax it heavily. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, I've just over the years built up a huge collection of uh, different bottles. It's all like sort of food, duty free. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are places where you can still go out and it's not as crazy. But if you're going out for a night out in Dubai and you want to enjoy it, you know, just just take plenty of Benjamins with you. But you, you know? don't have you don't have. Do you have liquor stores in Bahrain? We do. We've got we've got four in Bahrain. Really? So, yeah, there are four, and you can go in there, and there's some, I mean, it, I would say it's, so, so just to give you a ballpark figure, a bottle of Grey Goose or a Johnny Walker Black, you're okay. paying, in dollars, you're paying 200 200 $200, yeah. So, and duty-free, wow. I guess, is like $50, so... That's the way to go about it. Um, wines are also quite expensive. It's just it's just expensive. Um, I mean, yeah. you do get certain brands which are all right pricing, but um, 
I don't. I rarely. I rarely go to those. I rarely go to those places. I just get my through. through yeah, through. I saw your Instagram. You were drinking like some look like some Japanese uh, whiskey. Mm. I, I can only imagine what that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, and that was for a few different tables. So yeah, that was uh, crazy to get in. It was. Uh, I think luckily done through someone through the U.S. Navy base and um, managed to get managed to get it in through that way so there, there are there are little cheat ways that we can get we can get alcohol through um but yeah i mean generally speaking it's just it's just quite expensive you go buy it from from the stores but you know it's, it's that trade-off right in, in mm-hmm. life and um you know it's, it is what it is so you, you sort of get used to it so i think the, yeah. the good thing is when you travel away from the middle east everything becomes quite reasonable. You could be in the middle of Miami and go, this is not bad. Oh, yeah. this is good, it's actually. all relative. I'm, I'm getting around it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's the, the probably the, the good side of it. But in terms of restaurants, fantastic restaurants here, um, you know, it's a, it's a different, you know, very sort of easy to get tables in the great restaurants and everything. So yeah. It's, it's good. So that's good. yeah, I tell people, um, you know, when, when they were traveling to Europe, if they'd never been, I said, do yourself a favor, whatever it costs, just pay it. I said, if you sit there and try to do all this exchange rate of what it's costing you in dollars, you'll ruin your vacation. It'll drive you crazy, particularly if you're going to the UK. Yes. Yeah. It'll drive you insane. So like we went to Oman and their currency uh, is one of the, the highest ones in the world. Um, I, I think it's at the time it was like two and a half to one yes. for, uh, for us. So, you know, I, I, like a beer was like $20 if I'd have done it, but I just, you know, I did what I did and just, yeah. you know, cry, cried over the credit mark card bill a month later when I got home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can't, you can't, I, I was doing yeah. it from hey, and I was finding, even when you mentioned London as being expensive, when I first came out here, I'll tell you a very quick story. My first weekend in Bahrain, I came out here, I met some bankers, we went out for uh, literally my first lunch, drinks, we carried on drinking, and the bill came, and it was one and a half thousand BD, which was $4,000. Wow. And this was my first weekend of landing here, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, I've, I've just been utterly, utterly, you know, I didn't, I didn't really... I didn't really research this. Um, and I still remember that. I was like, wow. And it was just, it was like four of us guys. And we just went, yep, yeah, all just put our cards in. Okay, done, fine, whatever. But I was like, holy shit, this is more, we don't do this in London. We don't do this in New wow. York on a random lunch lunch time. Uh, so yeah, so what, then, then I, got, I got used to like, uh, you know, some of the prices. But then, you know, other things are just like, it was ri- ridiculously cheap and things. So um, like gas, for example, to fill up fill up a car is twenty dollars, twenty five dollars. You're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna worry about it. So it's there. There are other things which are which are really reasonable, like nanny um, nannies um, to have drivers to have any additional help is really really reasonable. So it kind of offsets it. So a lot of money's in in the vices, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you know Dubai. You know you know uh, Caesar's Palace is in Dubai. I didn't know they even had casinos in Dubai. No, they've got not, they've got, not legal ones anyway. 
Well, they've got the hotel. So Caesars Palace is now operating in Dubai, uh, along with two other hotel groups. They haven't got a casino yet, but they've got, they brought Caesars in to get everything all set up. So it's actually, coming. Yeah, yeah. You can stay a night in the hotel now. Hot, uh, casinos will be coming in the next year. So Dubai wants to become the Middle East of, like the Vegas of the Middle East, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's happening. It's happening as we speak. It'll be a much better Vegas because the last time I was in Vegas, we we were staying at the Wynn and walking up and down the street is terrible. Yeah, so many homeless people and it stunk. By um, the Wynn, by the Wynn is a beautiful property, but by the north of the Strip is where there are there is a little bit. Of yeah, that, I, I can promise you in Dubai you won't see that. No, no, no. <laughs> it'll be clean as anything like. Uh, taxis everything will just be it's all regulated all all nice neat clean crisp it's a it's this what it is i think out here very clean very safe um you know which is which is great but uh you know i mean don't get me wrong i i love the states and that's why i travel a lot there and um, yeah. it's it's got it's got everything in one it's like a continent isn't it that for us it's is wonderful you got you got Vegas, you've got the wonderful parts of Florida, which I love. So um, have you always been in Florida yourself? Uh, I've either been here or in Atlanta, in Atlanta, okay. Georgia. Yeah. You know, which is blown up to be this big metropolis city. Is it? Wow. Oh, yeah. It's one of, uh, yeah. It, at one time, it was one of the fastest growing cities in the country. But, um, you know, it got a little too big. The traffic got bad. Uh, right crime is actually really bad uh in a lot of areas there now so and i wanted to change so i moved down here you I moved down here they they have a seven percent uh state income tax up there that we don't have in florida and that was a big deal to me but uh yeah i it's kind of like your move to bahrain i wish i had done it many years sooner a lot of people are moving to florida texas aren't they a lot they of are. New Yorkers are moving to Florida and they are the, the the thing is the housing prices have just gone through the roof but a lot of that is starting to soften now I'm oh, starting okay. I'm starting to see houses are starting to 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 decrease in price and the inventory is going back up on them but uh, yeah yeah for for a while it was it was the wild west down here in, in wow. terms of real estate, people, people were paying a million dollars over asking price and buying it over a computer, never even go see it. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. 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 And now it's Crazy. Slow, it's to slow down a little bit. It has slowed, it has slowed down. And, and it really needs to, because it's made, it's made housing very unaffordable for, uh, for a lot of people. In fact, my wife, who you've met, Lovely. she had a house in Tampa that uh, that she had before we got married, and she had rented it out to uh, an Air Force colonel. He retired not long ago, and she didn't want to be bothered with with renting it out. So she just, you know, in this hot market, why not sell it? So she sold it, and there was an investor who actually offered her like $30,000 more than a cash offer, $30,000 more than this other guy who was getting financing. 
and she was already making a ton of money off of it anyway. I said, you know, give this guy a chance. Cause there's a lot of these guys, they, they can't buy houses because they get outbid by these investors and you know, they, they, they can have all the, it got so bad here. In fact, it's not this way now, but a year ago, if, if you called up a realtor wanting to look for a house, yeah. if you couldn't prove that you had the funds in the bank to write a check for that house, they wouldn't even show it to you. Wow. Yeah. That's how bad it was. It's insane. Isn't and I'm like, give this poor guy a chance. And, and so, so she did, it took a little longer. He was very appreciative and he got the house, oh, you, know, you know, she, you know, she still made a ton of money. Yeah, but it's nice, nice and done like that. Yeah, it's kind. Yeah, so, yeah, you know the yeah the the money's not everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Where where do you see the the next set of growth then for Florida or for your area like Tampa, Tampa Clearwater, right? Is that yeah? Um, you know, the, the biggest growth that we see here now are apartments, and God knows, I I wish I owned some. I don't. Um, they are building apartments here like there's no tomorrow. And uh, I've had a number of people that I've met in the last uh, few days tell me that their rent has just been increased by 50%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they're, they're still building. They're still building these apartments. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, actively looking for a house further south. I'm looking for a house in Naples. Okay. Um, yeah. Really, really beautiful area, but I, you know, I like where I am now, but it's just gotten so crowded. I want to, I want to go down there where the weather's a little nicer in the winter and not as crowded. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of people have moved. And actually, I think, I think, well, where we live uh, right across from Clearwater beach Okay. in, tw in 2020, that was the most traveled to vacation destination in America. Wow. And by the traffic, you could see, because during COVID, you know, Florida shut down for about, you know, three, four days. And then, you know, our governor says, you know, fuck this. We, we gotta, we, we gotta keep the money coming in. Yeah, so Florida never really shut down. And, and it, it, th that was a big catalyst, quite honestly, for the reason why a lot of people moved here. Got it. And again, it was with a good, with a good governor as well. I went to um, Clearwater, and I mentioned it, and it's stunning, stunning. Uh, yeah. I had a really good time. It was really nice. Last year, actually. It was in the summer of last year. So yeah. um, you know, I really, like, recommend Beautiful people place. to do that. Yeah. Well, um, are you writing any books or, or anything like that? I, I've got a book that we're almost finished up, getting ready to to to, to shoot out. Um, I don't know if you've written a book or not, but there are a lot of oh, work you, to do. You, you've got a book. You you've got a book that you're ready with. Have, it, it'll be ready in about a month. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. It'll, it'll be ready in about a month. Been working on it for about a year. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, what's it? What's it? Uh, What's the basis on it? What are you based it on? The name of the book is going to be called From Blame to Fame, which is the name of the podcast. I love it. And basically talking about how you take all the, all the things that have happened to you that you can blame people for, 
yeah. and use that as rocket fuel to propel you to the next level. Superb. Yeah. Are you going to be talking about stories from your experience and your your life as well? Oh yeah, it's it's full of that. A lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff in there about about my dad. My dad was an interesting guy, to say the least. I interesting guy. I had a really interesting childhood, wow. which really kind oh, of shaped too. where I am now. Um, but uh, but anyway, so we're gonna put you into our uh, we're gonna put your Instagram handle into all the uh all the various mediums that the, that the podcast goes out, everybody, you're going to want to follow this guy because, uh, uh, his content is great. He's a great guy. Cool guy. Met him. Hope to come to Bahrain and see you one day. Anytime. We'd love to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, follow him and Curran, I really appreciate you being on today and taking the time. I know there's what, like a nine, 10 hour difference between us, something like that. Yeah, no, it's it's been uh, wonderful. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's great to great to talk and reconnect, and um, we share a lot of the same values, which is which is wonderful. Um, you're doing fantastically well on the on the podcast and on your Instagram page. I love it. I love the way. Thank you, you do, brother. You just shoot the shit, and you, uh, you talk <laughs> and, and you you say what you need to say, and um, you know some great advice out there for a lot of people. So uh, I love it, and um, I can't wait to to get your book and, um, you know, to share it with people out here in the Middle East. Well, when it comes, there'll be a copy uh, headed, headed your way. Love it. Can't wait. Can't there'll wait. Be a Thank Thanks so much. I really appreciate it and appreciate all you do. Thank you, Jeff. All right. All we'll see you soon. Take all care. Right. Take care, Bye. brother. Bye. Bye-bye.